1: I'm Dylan Tire, and this is Believe in Ohio State. Welcome to our biggest week yet on Believe in Ohio State. Very happy to have you back with me, and I say that because this is the week, this is the game that Ohio State has wanted and that Ohio State has been waiting for since they lost to this very same Clemson team this time last season. Yes, I'm talking about the opening round of the college football playoff between the number three Ohio State Buckeyes and the number two Clemson Tigers. It's a huge, huge matchup between two teams that do not like each other very much, two coaches that do not like each other very much, and it's an Ohio State team that frankly feels like they have been. And they are being disrespected by Clemson, their head coach, and the program as a whole. Ohio State wants some revenge this week against Clemson. It remains to be seen whether or not they will get it. But we're going to talk about why Ohio State might be able to get some revenge throughout the rest of this episode. Going to give you everything you want to know leading up to Ohio State and Clemson in the college football playoff. The Sugar Bowl taking place at 8 p.m. on Friday night. In New Orleans, of course, just this big, big matchup between these two teams. January 1st, 8 p.m. Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Clemson, of course, seven and a half point favorites. The over-under in this game set at 66 and a half. I'll have my picks for you coming up a little bit later. Uh, Like I said, going to preview every facet of this matchup, give you my matchups to watch, give you some players to watch in this game. Just tell you what I think, tell you what I think Ohio State needs to do to have a chance in this game, what I think Ohio State needs to do to win this game. Um, Jacob Jarvis also back to join us this week. He's going to give us his little preview of Ohio State and Clemson, give us his score prediction between the Buckeyes and the Tigers, and he's also going to give us a bonus score prediction for the other college football playoff game between Notre Dame and the Alabama Crimson Tide. So we've got all that to look forward to. Also going to start off very quickly before we get into that Clemson-Ohio State stuff, Going to start off with our Buckeyes in the NFL news, give you my week 17 NFL picks, our final slate of picks for this season. But before we do any of that, like we do every single week, we've got to talk about Bet Online because Bet Online is who makes this podcast possible, and it's a place for you to make a little bit of money and have some fun as well. The NBA and college basketball are very, very back right now. I've been watching a lot of NBA over the holidays. I've been watching a ton of college basketball this season because the Ohio State Buckeyes have started off pretty darn good this college basketball season. So I'm dialed in to basketball right now. Those aren't the only two sports that are back. The NFL, very, very back. They're getting into the swing of things in the playoffs. um, College football, obviously, it's bull season. College football playoffs are this week. So we've got a lot going on right now. And with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or somebody to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag right now. From game spreads and totals to team props, player props, even coaching props. Keep an eye on those coaching props going into this game between Ohio State and Clemson. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. They've always got their online casino as well. That never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. A lot of free cash out there. Help my brother out this week getting him some free cash on BetOnline. So make sure to take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts so let's get into it right now now that we've gotten everything out of the way with bet online now that i've told you what we're going to talk about what to expect on this episode of believe in ohio state let's do it first and foremost we got to talk about buckeyes in the nfl what former ohio state players did this past week week 16 in the national football league and we've got to lead off with the biggest news got to bury the lead right here Unfortunately, Dwayne Haskins' time as a Washington football team member has come to an end. He was released by the Washington football team a couple of days ago. Uh, I texted my buddies during the Washington football team game on Sunday. I said, guys, I think this is going to be the final game that Dwayne Haskins plays with the Washington football team. Just a wild, wild series of events. First round draft pick, the first pick by the Washington football team, then known as the Redskins in the 2019 NFL draft after a fantastic single season as the starter at Ohio State. Goes to the NFL, gets an opportunity to start, Uh, doesn't have a very good rookie season. Comes back, uh, all reports going into season number two for Dwayne Haskins are that he looks good. He was named a captain by the team. It, it appears that everybody respects him in the locker room there in Washington. But he starts off and struggles again. Dwayne Haskins is benched. He, he's moved to the third string. He finally gets his opportunity again. Uh, comes in for Alex Smith, an injured Alex Smith. Looks okay, um, but then following that, He's caught out. Pictures are taken of him at a strip club not wearing a mask in a time that you've got to be wearing a mask, in a time that you can't be going to strip clubs. Pretty much right now, his football team is in the hunt for a playoff spot. You've got to lock it down. Anybody on that team's got to lock it down. But he's the starting quarterback, the first round draft pick. So it's just a massive, massive mistake by Dwayne Haskins. You thought he was smarter than that, but maybe not. Regardless of that happening, he's punished by the team, but regardless of that happening, he starts the very same week, which was shocking to me. Uh, Taylor Heineke, their backup there, they didn't decide to start him. They wanted to start Dwayne Haskins. That tells you kind of the situation they're in with their quarterbacks. They start a guy who's out at the strip club without a mask, was a captain of the team. He gets stripped of his captaincy, starts the game, does not perform well, gets replaced by the backup Heineke, and is released a day or two after. And that's Dwayne Dwayne Haskins in Washington. The team that he grew up rooting for, the team that he grew up watching where he's from, they release him after he was their first round pick just one season ago. So, I mean, it's a tough run of it for Dwayne Haskins. It's self-inflicted by Dwayne Haskins. I don't necessarily want to say that I'm sorry for Dwayne Haskins because he did this to himself. All I can say for Dwayne Haskins is, is that I hope he figures it out. I hope this is a wake-up call for him. I hope he figures out whatever he needs to figure out, wherever he needs to grow as a human being. I hope he's able to do that, and I hope if he is able to do that, somebody is willing to give him a shot in the NFL, and I hope he succeeds because he's a former Buckeye. He was an excellent college football player. Uh, there were really no qualms with him like this when he was at Ohio State, so I want to see him succeed at the next level. I don't want to see him be a bust. I don't want to see him become a failure. I want to see Dwayne Haskins succeed, but uh, he has a lot, of, a lot of growing to do, it would appear, um, not just on the football field, but very much so off the football field as well. So, I mean, best of luck to Dwayne Haskins. I I don't want to harp on him too much. I don't want to talk about it too much. All I'm going to say is best of luck to Dwayne Haskins. Let's hope he's able to figure it out, and let's hope we see him again uh, succeeding in the National Football League sometime soon. Speaking of that Washington football team, his teammate Chase Young, Washington's first round pick this year in 2020, the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Chase Young is pretty much had the exact opposite trajectory of Dwayne Haskins. He's doing it on the field. He's getting better and better, it seems, every single week. He was just named a captain of the Washington football team as a rookie. I mean, it's rare for a rookie to be named a team captain. To be a rookie and not be a quarterback and be named team captain is very, very special. So that tells you what those guys uh, in that locker room and in, in that organization in Washington think of Chase Young. And he's backing it up on the field. He was named the team captain. Then he played like it this past week. He recorded two tackles for loss, including a strip sack and a fumble recovery. Chase Young seems to be doing this every single week now as the games have gotten more high intensity and more important for Washington as they continue to fight for a playoff spot. Dwayne hass or excuse me, Chase Young. Has really stepped up and become a leader on that defense and become the difference maker that Washington expected him to be when they drafted him second overall. He's also the second highest-rated rookie edge defender since 2015, according to Pro Football Focus. Nick Bosa is the highest-rated edge defender, according to Pro Football Focus, as a rookie. Joey Bosa is third. So think about that. Three Ohio State Buckeyes, the three best rookie edge defenders in the National Football League since 2015. Nick Bosa, number one, Chase Young, number two, Joey Bosa, number three in their rookie season. So that tells you uh, kind of the the rookie year that Chase Young is having after Nick Bosa was excellent a season ago, Chase Young doing the exact same thing this year. So Washington, Washington, rather, looks like they have a very, very good one in Chase Young. Another former Buckeye, Curtis Samuel, really, really good season. He continues to have the most productive season of his NFL career. He led the Panthers in both rushing and receiving yards in their 20 to 13 win over Washington this past week. He had seven carries for 52 yards in that game, five catches for 106 yards. Uh, He now has career highs in both rushing and receiving yards for the Panthers, Um I'm really, really happy to see this out of Curtis Samuel. I've talked about it a little bit this season. Uh, every week, it seems he gets better and better. And finally, because I was a little bit nervous for Curtis Samuel, I thought he was starting to bust a little bit. He wasn't the guy. That, pay, that the Panthers thought he was going to be wasn't the dynamic threat. He had a little trouble with injuries earlier in his career, but he wasn't the guy they thought he was when they drafted him in the second round. Now he's really stepped in nicely, kind of playing that Christian McCaffrey role with McCaffrey out of the lineup in Carolina, playing the guy who can run the ball, playing the guy who can receive, um, and it's really nice to see, and I hope Curtis Samuel continues to be a good piece for them going forward. Another former Ohio State running back, Curtis Samuel. I know he was more so of a wide receiver probably, but he ran the ball a ton his senior year. So I'm going to call him a running back. But another Ohio State running back now in the National Football League, J.K. Dobbins, rookie for the Baltimore Ravens, scored a touchdown for the fifth consecutive week. He had 11 carries for 77 yards. He's now got seven touchdowns in 645 yards on the ground this season, averaging over five yards a carry. And remember, he's not the lead back there. He's doing that kind of in a shared backfield in Baltimore. Uh, They've got the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, running the ball there. They've got Mark Ingram. They've got Gus Edwards. They do it by committee with three pretty good running backs in Baltimore, but J.K. Dobbins is really coming on strong here these past couple of weeks. Really the second half of the season, he's stepped up in a big way. He's getting more touches, getting more looks, and he's making the most of it. Five consecutive games now with a touchdown for J.K. Dobbins, who's uh, likely looking like he is going to be their lead back going forward. So that does it for Buckeyes in the NFL. Time now to talk about our NFL picks. Last week, I went 4-4. Four and four. So I believe that's three consecutive weeks that I've gone four and four. So hopefully we're able to finish the season on a strong note in week 17, go over 500, and make you guys a little bit of money. In case you haven't done this with me before, every single week, we pick the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Saints, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts. We do that because all of those teams boast the most former Buckeyes in the NFL, and and in addition to those games, I always pick Sunday night football and Monday night football to make things a little bit more fun. Week 17, no Monday night football. The Sunday night football game involves the Washington football team, so only six picks this week. Again, we went 4-4 four and four during week 16. Now on the season, we are 54-57-1. We've gone a little bit cold in the second half of the year, but like I said, let's finish on a strong note. So pick number one, Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Ravens at the Bengals. The Ravens are and a half point favorites in this game. It's a must-win game for the Ravens. They're looking for a playoff spot. The Bengals, uh, they're coming off back-to-back victories, of course, against the Steelers, then against the Texans. I think that little run's going to come to an end. I-, I think the Ravens are going to be playing with a purpose. I think they're going to give it to the Bengals, unfortunately, for my Cincinnati listeners this week. So I'm going to go with the Ravens minus 11 and a half. They need a big victory. Pick number two, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, the vikings the lions my pick is going to be the vikings plus six and a half because uh, assuming matt stafford plays this game it could be his last in a lions uniform i don't see him losing his final game as a detroit lion i certainly see him covering so that's my reasoning behind this pick and i also don't think the vikings are that much better than the lions i don't think the vikings are very good i mean they can play with teams but i think the lions can too a motivated matt stafford can too so my pick is the lions plus six and a half Pick number three, Sunday at 425 Eastern, the Raiders at the Broncos. It's a pick 'em between these two teams. I'm going to go with the Raiders just flat out because I think they're a better team than the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to play with the Raiders. I think the Raiders have more weapons than the Broncos do. I think they have a better quarterback than the Broncos do. Uh, no matter who starts in that game, whether it's Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr, uh, I, I believe in both those quarterbacks more so than Drew Locke. So I'm going to go the Raiders in a pick Pick number 4 also Sunday at 4:25 Eastern it's the Jaguars at the Colts. The Colts are 14 point favorites. The Jaguars are going to lose this game. They have to lose this game. They want the number 1 overall pick. Well, they've got it locked in now that the Jets won their game last week over the Browns, but I mean the Jaguars aren't going to win this game. Who are we kidding? I watched the Jaguars play against the Bears last week. They are not good. You know who is good? The Colts. Even though they're coming off a loss to the Steelers, they need to win this game against the Jaguars. Their defense is good. The Jaguars' offense is not good, so I think this is a pretty easy pick for me. I know it's a big spread, but I'm going to go with it. The Colts minus 14 is my pick. Pick number five, Sunday, also at 425 Eastern, the Saints at the Panthers. My pick, plain and simple, is the Saints minus six. They're playing for the top seed in the NFC. Um... They have a chance to get it with a victory if the Packers lose to the Bears. It's a must-win game for the Bears. So the Saints are going to be playing hard against the Panthers. I know I've liked the Panthers a lot this season to cover. I don't see it happening for them this week, especially after what the Saints did offensively last week. They looked really, really good, especially Alvin Kamara with those six touchdowns. So my pick is going to be the the Saints, rather, minus six. Final pick of the week, pick number six, Sunday Night Football, Washington at Philadelphia. The loser of this one goes home. The winner, if it's Washington, uh, is going to win the NFC East. So this is a big game between these two teams, but I don't see Washington doing it. I think Philadelphia has looked much improved, even though they're coming off a loss against the Cowboys last week. I think they've looked much improved with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I think he's dynamic. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. So my pick is going to be the Eagles minus two against the Washington football team. So those are my six picks this week. Here they are one more time in order. Pick one, the Ravens minus 11 and a half. Pick two, the Lions plus six and a half. Pick three, the Raiders in a pick'em over the Broncos. Pick four, the Colts minus 14. Pick five, the Saints minus six. And pick number six, the Eagles minus two. So that does it for the NFL talk this week. And right now it's time to go around the oval with the latest news and notes surrounding the Ohio state football program. Three pieces of information this week pertaining to some all American votes. First and foremost, like I said, last week, Haskell Garrett was named a pro football focus. First team, all American, the Ohio state defensive tackle has had an excellent season and it's come out this week. That is, he is the highest rated defensive lineman in the country For 2020, according to Pro Football Focus, with an overall grade of 92.1. So Haskell Garrett, really, really excellent play this season. He said uh, yesterday in media availability leading up to the Clemson game, he's not sure whether or not he's going to return to Ohio State next season. Of course, uh, he has a year of eligibility left. But, I don't know, I I would probably head to the NFL draft if I'm Haskell Garrett after this season. He's a first-team All-American, according to Pro Football Focus. He's the highest-rated defensive lineman in the country this season, according to Pro Football Focus. And he was recently named a second-team AP All-American. That's brand-new news this week. So a big congratulations to Haskell Garrett, first team all-American according to Pro Football Focus, a second team all-American according to the Associated Press. This is a guy that had had played sparingly in his Ohio State career prior to this season. This was a guy that was shot in the face through his cheeks breaking up a, a domestic dispute, excuse me, in Columbus just 2 months, a month or so. I think it was 2 months, excuse me if I'm wrong, but But now that I'm going back, it's a little bit cloudy. But I believe it was two months before the start of the season he was shot in the face. He recovers in time, does not miss a game this season, and he's an All-American for his efforts. Excellent, excellent season for Haskell Garrett. A couple of other All-Americans named for Ohio State this week. Both of these guys to the first-team Associated Press All-American group. Sean Wade, All-American cornerback for Ohio State, and Wyatt Davis, all-American offensive lineman for Ohio State. So those are the news and notes surrounding the program this week. Big congratulate, <clears throat> excuse me. Big congratulations to all three of those guys: Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis, first-team AP All-Americans; Haskell Garrett, a second-team AP All-American. Setting things up for a very, very interesting and compelling matchup against the number two Clemson Tigers in the college football playoff. So before we break everything down, just between you and me individually, we're going to throw it over to Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. He's going to give his general thoughts on this game between Ohio State and Clemson. He's going to give you his score prediction between these two teams, and he's also going to give you a bonus score prediction for what he thinks between Notre Dame and Alabama That one might shock you. So without further ado, here he is, Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. Jake, it's been a long time coming. We didn't talk to you last week, obviously. It was a little bit less going on last week, but this week is the week. It's Clemson and Ohio State, the rematch of last year's opening round matchup in the college football playoff. Obviously, a lot of bad blood between these two teams, maybe more so on the Ohio State side just because of the way that Clemson has really been able to dominate them over the past five or so seasons. But last year's game was a wild one. On paper, Ohio State should have won that game. There were turnovers at times. There were questionable calls at times, all that sort of stuff. But the game ends up in Clemson's favor. Clemson goes to the national title game. Ohio State they they wanted this game from from that point they wanted a rematch with Clemson that was the goal at the start of this season win the Big Ten championship and be in a position to have this rematch with Clemson they got it so what are your thoughts going into this game I mean this is a massive massive matchup between these two teams
2: uh, yeah Clemson this year is playing phenomenal like always uh, is on the defensive side of the ball James Skowski he's like a Trevor Lawrence on defense uh, he can he can, he, he can hurt you against Notre Dame. He had two solo tackles, three assists, and one sack. You've got to watch out for him. He's a, good, he's a good linebacker for them.
1: Skalski is that guy. I'm nervous about him because he makes a big difference in the running game. Like you said, he was out their first matchup against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame was really able to establish the run and be dominant in that game. He came back um, from injury against Notre Dame in that ACC title game and Notre Dame struggled a lot when it came to running the football. So I mean, that guy is a big difference maker. With him in there, it's going to make things more difficult on Ohio State. But what do you think about the Buckeyes' chances if their offensive line shows up like it did against Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game?
2: I think if they're going to want to be Clemson, they're going to have to play like they've never played before. You know, if you want to be Clemson, you can't you can't really run the ball on them. You got you got to throw it. Um, so. Yeah, I saw Trey Sermon with that phenomenal game against Northwestern. I just don't think uh, he's a good threat for Clemson. Um, Yeah, Clemson, you can't really fool Clemson um, both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, Trey Sermon was really good against Northwestern. But like you said, uh, Clemson is a little bit different of a beast than Northwestern is – Northwestern really wasn't able to take advantage of Ohio State mistakes in that game. Their offense wasn't nearly as good as Clemson's will be. So do you just want to get right into it with the score predictions for for Clemson and Ohio State? I mean, these teams are, are as evenly matched as any team Ohio State has gone up against this season. Clemson, definitely the best team Ohio State has gone up against this season. But a lot of people out there are saying that that Clemson might just be much, much better than Ohio State is this season. Uh, Clemson's played more games. Ohio State's played only six games this year. Clemson is is just over a touchdown favorite going into this game against Ohio State. The Buckeyes are are without guys like Jeff Okuda and Chase Young that they had on defense last year. The defense has struggled at times this season. The offense has struggled at times this season. But – do you think that this is the game that Ohio State really puts it together for the first time this year with weeks of preparation, with everything they, they've planned for this season culminating in this game? Do you think this is the game that Ohio State puts it together and really shows us what they can do?
2: Uh, yeah, I think um, they could win this game. Uh, it's just going to depend on how our running game is against them. Like I said, it's, 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 it's going to be a dogfight on both sides of the ball. Both teams can score well in the red zone right now. Uh, I just think Ohio State can, can, be, can be Clemson. Uh, my score predictions Ohio State 31, Clemson 28.
1: So you're going with a Buckeyes upset victory to go to the national championship. Yep. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about this game because I've, I've struggled with, with what I think about it really for the past couple of weeks. On last week's podcast, um, I said that I think Clemson's going to beat Ohio State just because the way the Buckeyes came out in that game against Northwestern, uh, I just didn't feel good about it. But with you with you predicting the upset the way that you've predicted games this season, it, it makes me a, a little bit more nervous. But I'm, I still think I'm going to go with Clemson just because I think their offense is a little bit too good for this Ohio State defense. Trevor Lawrence is – He's the best quarterback there is in college football, and Ohio State's defensive backfield has struggled against good quarterbacks this season. I don't think it's going to be a touchdown win for Clemson. I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm with you. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think Ohio State's going to try to make it ugly at times. I think they're going to try and run the ball a lot. I think they're going to try to control the clock. And if they do that successfully, I really do think they can win the game. But I think Clemson is just a little bit too good for Ohio State. I think it's going to be a relatively high-scoring game, so I'm going to go 38-33 Clemson. What do you think about that?
2: A uh, good score prediction. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think, uh, like you said, Clemson's a good, good offense of uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, with, you know, all the New York checks talking about getting him, <laughs> we'll see about that in the draft. But, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think he deserves to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Um, they play more games. Uh, and Justin Fields. Justin Fields was going to probably win the Heisman, but I just don't see uh, him winning it, and he's not going to win this year. Definitely not. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to win the Heisman this year.
1: So there's your prediction, bold prediction that Trevor Lawrence is going to win the Heisman trophy this season. I like that prediction. Um, why don't we just do the other game as well? We'll do the score prediction for the Alabama-Notre Dame game. I'm sure you're prepared for that. I'm sure you've thought about that a little bit. So you have Ohio State going to the national championship game with an upset victory over Clemson. Do you think Notre Dame can upset Alabama, or the Crimson Tide just too good this season?
2: Notre Dame, I think they can come out and win this game. Um, when they played back in 2013 in the national championship, they lost big. I think I see Notre Dame winning like a dog fight, like Ohio State um, with a score of 38-28 Notre Dame.
1: Wow, that's a that's a big time upset right there. That's a massive upset uh, prediction. I like it, Jake. I like it. So you're going to go with the two underdogs in the national championship game, uh, Notre Dame versus Ohio State in the national championship. For what it's worth, I think Alabama is going to beat Notre Dame. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. I think Notre Dame is going to be able to score on Alabama, but but I still think Alabama wins pretty handily. I'll go the Crimson Tide with a forty-two. 42- 42-25 win. 42-25. That's going to be my score prediction between those two teams. But you go with the upsets, and I hope you're right, man. I hope Ohio State is able to to show up, dominate this game, and finally come out victorious against Clemson.
2: Yeah, I think um, this is going to be a good game. I'm excited to see who wins.
1: All right, Jake. Well, we appreciate your time as always, and I'm really hoping that we're talking to you this time next week, previewing Ohio State going into the national championship, looking to win their ninth national championship as a school.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right, so there you have it from Ohio State super fan Jake Jarvis. As always, a big thank you to Jake for joining me on Believe in Ohio State. He heard it from him. He thinks it will be an upset in favor of Ohio State. He thinks it will be an upset in favor of Notre Dame. So the two underdogs facing off for the college football playoff national championship. We'll see how it goes. As you obviously heard from me there, we talked about it last week. I think Clemson's going to beat Ohio State. I still like Clemson in this game. But right now I'm going to tell you every reason why I think Ohio State is can win this game. And just because I predict Clemson is going to win this game doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, of course. I really do believe that Ohio State can win this game. They're just going to have to play their game. They're ha- they're going to have to be the best they have all season long. So, again, to remind you, it's number three Ohio State versus number two Clemson, January 1st, New Year's Day at 8 p.m. Eastern in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Superdome matchup between these two teams. The very same place, the very same venue that Ohio State upset Alabama in the initial, the first ever college football playoff and advanced to the national championship game. Clemson, seven and a half point favorites over Ohio State. The over-under is set at 66-and-a-half. I'll have my picks towards the end of this segment, but let's get going. Some notes on the number three Ohio State Buckeyes, who are 6-0 coming into this game against Clemson. First and foremost, let's talk about what happened last year. Ohio State lost last year's game 29-23. But as I mentioned with Jake, on paper, Ohio State won in every facet of that game besides turnovers. They outrushed Clemson 196 to 158. They outpaced them in the air three hundred twenty to two hundred fifty nine. But what cost Ohio State last year was settling for three field goals in the red zone. That happened early. They were unable to convert those into touchdowns. And then the officiating, of course, hurt Ohio State late. They had a Clemson fumble that Ohio State returned for a touchdown. That was taken on the board, taken off the board rather, and deemed an incomplete pass. I just just so happened on Twitter to see a replay of that play uh, yesterday, watched it a couple times over, and I still cannot believe how that was not called a fumble, how that was reversed from the ruling on the field of a fumble and a touchdown for Ohio State and called an incomplete pass. Based off of so much that I've seen in college football and in the NFL this season, I was so shocked about that. And, of course, it frustrated me again. It upset me again. But that's not the only reason Ohio State lost that game. Ohio State settled for field goals instead of settling for touchdowns. And that's something that Ryan Day has talked about a lot since that game. Ohio State needs to create red zone possessions. They need to turn those red zone possessions into touchdowns rather than settling for field goals. And, you know, I mentioned the turnover battle last year. Uh, It should have been even. Ohio State threw the interception They should have had the fumble recovery for a touchdown, which would have taken Justin Fields' last-second interception in the end zone off the board. They would have been 1-1 to in the turnover margin. But uh, we're not going to harp on that. That's what happened last year. And there are some differences between these teams. The biggest difference this year is probably that Ohio State's offensive line is even better than it was last year. Their defense is worse. I don't think there are any doubters when it comes to that. They don't have Jeff Okuda. They don't have Chase Young the number two and number three overall picks in the NFL draft. They don't have those guys anymore. But I expect Ohio State to have more success on offense than they did last year uh, because Clemson is missing guys, first-round picks like uh, A.J. Terrell, the cornerback, um, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker. They don't have those guys on defense either. The Clemson Tigers don't, that is. So I think Ohio State in this game is going to have more success on offense than they did last year, but they're also going to have to come up with stops against what is a very, very good Clemson offense, an offense that isn't necessarily worse than it was last year. So Ohio State is going to have to find a way defensively in this game. Now, the two teams are very similar on paper. Ohio State averages 42.5 points per game. That's 7th in the country. Clemson averages 44.9 points per game. That's 4th in the country. On defense, Ohio State allows 21 points per game. That's 24th best in the country. Clemson allows 17.5 points per game. That's 11th best in the country. So two pretty good scoring defenses, excellent scoring offenses, Now, the Buckeyes average 529 yards per game overall. Clemson averages 507 yards per game overall on offense. Ohio State 6th, Clemson 10th. So, offensively, these teams pretty darn similar. But they do it in very different ways. Clemson relies more so on the pass. Ohio State does it on the ground. Clemson is averaging 343.3 passing yards per game. That's a ton. That's 7th best in the country. Ohio State averaging two hundred fifty three and a half yards per game, still very good, but I mean they're getting it done more so on the ground. Ohio State averages two hundred seventy five and or excuse me, two hundred seventy five point seven rushing yards per game. That's fifth best in the country. Clemson averages one hundred sixty three point eight rushing yards per game. So Ohio State's passing total per game, 253.5, that's middle of the pack in the country. Clemson's rushing attack is middle of the pack in the country. Clemson's passing offense, top 10, Ohio State's rushing offense, top 10. So very similar, but they get it done in different ways. Now on defense, both teams allow just under 100 rushing yards per game. Ohio State is 7th against the run, Clemson is ninth. so very similar there. But a major difference, Clemson has been much, much better than Ohio State defending the pass this season. They're averaging only 198.6 passing yards per game allowed compared to Ohio State's 261.3. So that's going to be a massive point of emphasis there. Ohio State has to be good against the pass in this game and they're really, really up against it because they're facing probably, uh, without a doubt I would say, the best quarterback, the best passing quarterback, in the country, in this game. So Ohio State has their hands full with Trevor Lawrence in this game. A poorest Ohio State pass defense facing off against the best quarterback in the country. But in last year's game, the pass isn't what hurt Ohio State. Instead, it was Trevor Lawrence rushing the football, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Now, I want to talk about the run with Clemson a little bit, but not Trevor Lawrence. I want to focus on Travis Etienne. He's one of the best running backs in the country, but Clemson has not been prolific rushing the ball this season. I just talked about it. They're averaging 163.8 rushing yards a game. That's middle of the pack in the country, and they have one of the best running backs in the nation. They pretty much just stick to running the ball with Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. They don't really run the ball with anybody else, so it's those two guys. Those are the two guys handling the bulk of the carries. Etienne has 882 yards with 13 touchdowns this season, averaging 5.6 yards a carry. So not awful numbers there, but he hasn't been doing it a whole lot. He's not running in bulk like Ohio State does. And Clemson's offensive line has been good at pass protecting this season, but they've been really, really tough when it comes to run blocking this season. So Etienne, 882 yards, which are good numbers, but I mean, to not have a thousand yard season as Travis, as Travis Etienne, excuse me, is pretty, pretty interesting to me. It's pretty shocking because I know Clemson has played less than they normally would have. But Travis Etienne would normally be well over a thousand yards through 10, 11 games on a season. Clemson's played 11 at 10 and 1, but he's under a thousand yards. 13 touchdowns is not a bad number. 5.6 yards per carry is not a bad number, but definitely not the output that he has been uh, been known for in his career. Now, Trevor Lawrence has carried 58 times for 211 yards and seven touchdowns this season, more so used as a runner in the red zone with those seven touchdowns, but certainly a threat, uh, like I talked about. He led Clemson in rushing in this game last year. Behind those two guys, number 23, Lynn J. Dixon. He's third on the team with 40 carries for 170 yards this season, but uh, other than that, nobody really runs the ball, so expect To see a lot of Etienne, expect to see a lot of Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, last year Lawrence was the big difference maker in the running game for Clemson. He led them with 16 carries for 107 yards, also had that long 67-yard touchdown run, gets the bulk of his yards on that play. But he was, he was a big difference maker in that game, and he has been a difference maker this season with his legs. So Ohio State is definitely going to have to contain Trevor Lawrence and have a spy on him, keep eyes on Trevor Lawrence so he doesn't gash them like he did last year. Now part of the reason Clemson hasn't run as much this year is because they've been so good through the year. As I mentioned, one of the best pass offenses in the country, averaging 343.3 passing yards per game, That's seventh best in the nation. They've obviously got Trevor Lawrence. He's completing 69% of his passes for 2,753 yards this year, 22 touchdowns compared to just four interceptions. But they've also been strong because they've got a really deep group of pass catchers. Now, they're missing Justin Ross. He has missed this season, and he's a big difference maker for them. But they've had guys step up. Eight wide receivers, eight tight ends, eight pass catchers in general have double-digit catches this season for Clemson. Amari Rodgers leads the team with 69 receptions this season. Cornell Powell, second best with 45. Now, defensively, they're a solid unit of guys. They've got guys all over the field. There's not standouts necessarily like there were last season for Clemson. There's not first-round pick standouts, guys that are going, going to go in the top five. They're just a solid unit of players, a lot of good players, a lot of solid players all over the field. They lost a lot from last year's defense, like I already talked about. But a lot of people around this football program, from the reading that I've been doing, from uh, everything that I know about Clemson, a lot of people who cover the Clemson program think this defense is even better than last year's Clemson defense was. So Ohio State will certainly have their hands full there. On top of that, despite playing 11 games compared to only 6 for Ohio State, this Clemson defense, it's a healthy unit. Like I said, they don't necessarily have standouts, but they've got a lot of guys who are healthy right now, and they've got a lot of guys who contribute. Now, for example, nobody on this team has over four sacks. So you think about Clemson, you think, oh, they've got to have a couple of dominant defensive linemen, a couple of really good pass rushers, uh, whether that's an outside linebacker or a defensive end. Not really the case. Nobody on the team has over four sacks this season, but 11 players have at least two sacks. So Clemson's getting it done by committee this season, and that's what makes them dangerous. They have fresh legs on the field. They're healthy on defense right now. They have a couple of key players back on defense, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. So their defense is very, very good. Ohio State will certainly be tested. But there will be a weakness in the Clemson defense in the first half, and that's safety Nolan Turner because he's going to miss the first half of this game after he was knocked out of the Notre Dame game for targeting in the second half. So he has to miss the first half of this game against Ohio State for targeting against Notre Dame in the ACC championship. That presents an opportunity for Ohio State. It presents them an opportunity to attack deep. They're going to try to attack deep. I think that's what they're going to try to do with Nolan Turner Um, off the field and out of the defense for the first half. That's Ohio State's opportunity to really shock Clemson, to try to put a a dagger in Clemson early and get them on their heels. Now, Turner is second on the team in tackles. He leads Clemson with three interceptions. So that tells you the type of player that he is. He's really, really important to this defense. Um, He's a guy with a lot of experience back there, had a big game picking off Justin Fields in the college football playoff last year. So this is a guy to watch out for in the second half but it's also important because Clemson's not going to have him in the first half, so Ohio State has an opportunity there to take advantage. Now, a couple of matchups to watch in this game between Clemson and Ohio State. First and foremost, Travis Etienne versus the Ohio State linebacking core. And this doesn't really have to do with running the football. He's a dynamic runner, like I said, But he's also a really, really good receiving option out of the backfield for Clemson. That was a weakness in his game when he started at Clemson, but it's something that's really become a strength of his. He's an excellent ball catcher out of the backfield. He's third on Clemson with 44 catches for 524 yards and two touchdowns this season. So Ohio State's going to have to pay extra attention to keep him from getting loose and gashing them with a big play like he did in this game last year. Last year, he couldn't run against Ohio State. The Buckeyes really, really contained him when it came to running the football. He had 10 carries for 36 yards in this matchup last season, so nothing for Travis Etienne. But he really, really hurt them as a receiver. He had three catches for a team-high 98 yards and two touchdowns. So Ohio State has to have eyes on him out of the backfield. And I think it's going to probably be Baron Browning. He's the most athletic linebacker for Ohio State, the fastest linebacker that Ohio State has So he is probably going to be the guy that's tasked with sticking with Travis Etienne out of the backfield. So that is a big matchup to watch right there. Ohio State cannot allow Travis Etienne to get loose as a pass catcher because they've already got enough weapons in that area to look out for, like I said, with Rodgers and Cornell Powell. Now, matchup number two I want to watch on that kind of same wavelength. Amari Rodgers versus Ohio State cornerback Sean Wade, Clemson's top wide receiver versus Ohio State's top cornerback. Now, remember back to last year. Sean Wade was ejected early in that game after a questionable targeting call on Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be motivated coming into this game. He wants to be a difference maker coming into this game, and he doesn't want to be ejected from this game again. Now, if Sean Wade can lock down Amari Rodgers, if he can get the best of Amari Rodgers, that's going to help Ohio State a ton. Because it takes away another big weapon. It takes away the best target that Clemson has. He leads the team with 69 catches for 966 yards and 7 touchdowns this season, averaging just under 90 receiving yards a game. So if Sean Wade can take him out of the equation, if Sean Wade can shut him down, that takes away a major threat. It forces Clemson to go other places, to go places that are less proven. And it allows Ohio State to focus on those areas more. So if Ohio State can pay extra attention to Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield, if Sean Wade can have a day, his best game of the season against Amari Rodgers, I like Ohio State's chances. I think their defense will be in much better shape than if Amari Rodgers is having his way with Sean Wade. Now that's the defense. I want to talk about Ohio State's offense here as my final matchup to watch. In this matchup is the Ohio State offensive line versus the Clemson front seven. Now, if OSU's offensive line can do what it did against what was a very, very good Northwestern defense last week, that's going to help out a ton for Ohio State. So I'm going to be really interested to see how much Ohio State wants to use Justin Fields as a runner, because if they're able to do that, if Justin Fields is able to be dynamic in the running game, that's going to be really, really tough for Clemson, having to deal with Ohio State's running backs, whether it's Trey Sermon or Master Teague, and have to put up with Justin Fields. Now, remember back to last year as well, Justin Fields couldn't be used as a runner in that game because he was dealing with that MCL injury that he had towards the end of the season. So he could not run the football really whatsoever in the college football playoff last year against Clemson. Now, Ohio State rarely uses Justin Fields as a runner. He has the ability. He could be a running quarterback if he wants to. Ohio State just hasn't really had him do that. We saw it in the Michigan State game quite a bit. I'm very eager to see what Ohio State does with Justin Fields running the football against Clemson because that will add just another wrinkle, another thing Clemson has to worry about and defend. So I'd love if Justin Fields is used as a ball carrier a lot in this game. If Ohio State can make him a weapon in the running game, Clemson's going to have to deal with, like I said, Trey Sermon and Master Teague, but they're also going to have to deal with this offensive line. It's a stacked offensive line that can dominate up front. They're going to have to be at their best. They're going to have to be like they were in that Northwestern game. If they're able to do that, watch out. Because if Ohio State can dominate in the run, I think Ohio State has a really good chance of winning this game. If they can run the football at will, if they can control the the clock, if they can make things dirty and grimy and play like the underdog they are this week, play gross. Make this game a dogfight like Jake talked about. If Ohio State can do that, I think it gives them the best chance to win. And it also sets up passing, because if Ohio State can run the ball, Clemson's going to be up on their toes trying to stop the run. That's when Ohio State can hit him with a long pass and really put a dagger in him. But I want to see Justin Fields used as a rusher against Clemson, because I think that just opens up way more for Ohio State. Clemson has to worry about the running backs, they have to worry about the quarterback, and they also have to worry about getting off of their blocks against one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line when it comes to running the football in the country. So I want to see Ohio State dominant in the run game. If they can run the football, I like Ohio State's chances. Now, a couple of players to watch in this game. We talked about Amari Rogers, but Cornell Powell, the other wide receiver for Clemson, he doesn't get nearly as much of the spotlight as Rogers does, but he averages over 16 and a half yards a catch. He's second on the team with 45 catches for 743 yards in five touchdowns. So he's quite a threat as well. So like I talked about earlier, Sean Wade, if he can shut down Amari Rodgers, that's going to be important for Ohio State because then they can shift their focus over to Cornell Powell. But if Sean Wade struggles with Amari Rodgers, Cornell Powell is going to be able to have a day himself as well because Ohio State's going to have to worry about both of them, not really just be able to have their focus on Cornell Powell and shutting him down because Sean Wade's doing it on the other side all by himself with Amari Rodgers. It's going to be like... Ohio State, it's going to be like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, two really good receiving threats. So it's really important that Sean Wade has a good game so Ohio State can shift their focus over to stopping what Cornell Powell does and limiting what he does because he's a very good receiver in his own right. So he's another player to watch out for for Clemson. Then on defense, like I talked about, there are not necessarily huge standouts on the Clemson defense, but their top two players are nose tackle Tyler Davis and linebacker James Skalski. Both of those guys returned from injury last week against Notre Dame and made a huge difference, particularly against the run, as I mentioned with Jake. Skalski was out the initial Notre Dame game, and Clemson's defense suffered for it. He was back, and they were able to stop the run. No surprise there. With Tyler Davis back at the nose tackle, with Skalski at the linebacker, no surprise that they were better against the run. So Ohio State is going to have to watch those guys. They're going to have to maul those guys. They're going to have to dominate those guys. Obviously, I like Ohio State's offensive line um, over two guys on a defense. Those two guys on defense are going to have to be on their game. They're going to have to be their very, very best if they want to limit what Ohio State can do in the run. But they can. Those guys are weapons. Skalski is all over the field if you watch Clemson play. He's all over the field. He's a very, very big difference maker on defense. So Ohio State is going to have to be good up front. If they're not, I think they're going to be in for a long day. So those are my matchups to watch. Those are my players to watch. And I think Ohio State can do it. Like I said, I think the key to this game is making it ugly, dominating in the trenches. If Ohio State can do that, I like their chances. I think we're in for a really, really fun game. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. So with that in mind, it's time right now to give you my picks for Ohio State and Clemson in the college football playoff. As I mentioned, Clemson's seven and a half point favorites coming into this game. They're 3-0 and against the spread against Ohio State in the last three matchups between these two teams. I think that changes this week. Even if Ohio State loses this game, I still think they're able to cover the spread. I think this game is going to be ugly. I think Ohio State's going to be able to run the football. If they're able to do that, I think it means Ohio State is going to be able to dominate time of possession in this game. And it's also going to keep Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson offense off the field. So if Ohio State's able to run the football... I think they're going to be able to cover this week. And I think they are going to be able to run the football, so that's why I say Ohio State covers the 7.5 points. Even if they lose this game, I don't think it's going to be by a lot. I'd say a maximum of like five points, like I did in my score prediction with Jake. I think Ohio State, like they were last year, is going to be right there at the very end. I think we're in for a really, really good game. So my pick is Ohio State plus 7.5. In terms of the over under, I like over 66 and a half. I think it's going to be high scoring because like I said, I think Ohio State's going to be able to run the football and I also think Clemson is going to be able to to take some take some shots in this game and I think they're going to they're going to have some success when it comes to big plays. So I like a high scoring matchup between these two teams. Um I do like Ohio State to cover like I said, um, but I do like the over 66 and a half. The over one and two in the last three meetings between these two teams, but the total has gone over in four of Ohio State's last six games as an underdog. They're obviously the underdog this week with Clemson favored by seven and a half. So I like the Buckeyes. I like the over. Um, those are my picks this week. Ohio State plus seven and a half and the over of 66 and a half. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a close game. And I really, really would like to see Ohio State come out on top. I think it would be a monumental win for the program. I think if Ohio State is able to beat Clemson and make it to the national championship, it will do a lot for Ohio State in terms of recruiting. They're obviously already recruiting at a high level, but just to get that win over Clemson and to know that you really have overcome a team that's dominated you for the past five or so seasons, I think that means a lot for a program, and I really think it will solidify Ohio State if they're able to beat Clemson. And I think... um, I think they're able to. With all that stuff that I talked about, um, I think Ohio State can win this game. But they're going to have to be perfect. And I'm not sure Ohio State can be perfect. That's why I like Clemson to win, but I like Ohio State to cover. But I'd like to be pleasantly surprised by Ohio State. And I'm sure you would be too, because that's why you're listening. All of you are Ohio State fans out there, and you want Ohio State to win this game. So why don't they? Let's root for it. That's what we want to happen. That's what we want to happen. We want Ohio State to beat Clemson. We want them to go to the college football playoff national championship against whoever that may be. So that's going to do it for this week on Believe in Ohio State. Again, a great big thank you to Jake Jarvis for joining me. And as always, thank you for joining me. I will talk to you this time next week, hopefully previewing Ohio State versus Notre Dame or Alabama in the national championship.